Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. So I want you to turn with me to the book of Ruth. I want to bring a word to the house and I want to bring a word to the individuals. And, um, and uh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe, I believe in the power of the gospel. And I want to share the gospel to you this morning. One of the things that is an amazing key is that the gospel is not just a one-off, as in I've, I've heard the message of salvation. Now I'm born again, and now I'm going to move on to better things. Or, 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 and we do grow in understanding the word of God. But I believe that we are meant to uh, pretty much uh, rehearse the gospel to our lives every day because it is so magnificent. It is huge. And to actually think you can unpack it, even in a lifetime, um, because it is so amazing. And the amazing grace that flows from that revelation in our lives continues to empower us and impact us every day. Amen. And this Bible is a collection of stories and accounts of people who believed in the salvation of a God who was personal, who was interested in every part of their life. And uh, I want to turn to the gospel in the Old Testament, which is the book of Ruth. And the book of Ruth um, is the gospel in cameo form. And so once again, I just want to say... um, it is my privilege to be here with Pastor John and Pastor Helen. And I just want to honor them as a man and woman who have committed themselves wholeheartedly to the work of the Lord and the service of the King. And that impacts people's lives. That is something that is, you draw fruit from, that you, you, you sense around someone's life. And I just want to honor them today and say thank you on behalf of the Lord. Thank you on behalf of the body of Christ. And... Um, So I want us to look at the book of Ruth because I believe God wants to speak to lives here today because when we're saved, we're instantly born again. The Bible says the lamp of the Lord is lit. We come instantly into salvation, but the understanding of what it is to walk with God and to step into the plans he has for us is a process. Um, And uh, we have to be prepared for that. I was talking to a lady called Jolene overseas, and her husband's a pilot, and he was doing mainly um, uh, in, in interstate flights. But he was wanting to do the long flights, the Los Angeles to Sydney and, and L.A. to London. And uh, to do that, he had to go through some rigorous um, training, and they had to put him in a flight simulator. And in that simulator, they, uh, they simulated all sorts of pressures and storms that could come and, and, and being able to adjust the gauges and the dials before they would allow him to start to fly those jumbo jets. And, uh, you know, God's got incredible plans for your life. You're a big deal to God. And he is preparing you for the, the, the future that he has for you. But he also wants you and I to enjoy the journey and celebrate the process. Amen. And, and uh, so we keep the eye on the prize and know that God is always going to take us on and take us further and take us into all his plans, but to enjoy the journey on the ways, to understand God's ways. Amen? He said, I'll have my way in the whirlwind in the storm. So I want us to just look at the book of Ruth and the power of redemption because it is, it is the gospel in the, in the uh, Old Testament. And so um, 
as we look in um, Ruth chapter 1, and I'm just going to briefly refer to things because, um, as I said, for a matter of time, and I just want to hone in on um, a couple of key scriptures and then I want to be able to pray for people. Um, how many people have I not met before? Give me a wave. Praise God. Well, welcome and getting to know you guys and hope you stick around for a cup of tea and everything like that. Um, I'm married with children. I have, um, I have um, three of my own children um, and I have grandchildren. I have stepchildren. I have foster, two foster children, a young men I met on the streets of Fiji that on a missions trip had lived on the streets since he was 11. And, um, and uh, when I came back to Australia, um, I said to my husband, uh, I want to tell you all about what happened in Fiji. And he said, well, you know, don't bombard it with me with it all at once. And I thought, oh, good. Because uh, he got a call and he said, he said, there's someone that's just run collect from Fiji calling me Father Jeff. Please explain. <laughs> well, yeah, we got another kid. <laughs> Another young, and uh, so he's married now, and his children call me RG, which is grandma. And so um, I have a step uh, step granddaughters, and uh, and a great granddaughter, a step great granddaughter. So if you if you're throwing away kids, I collect them. So <laughs> praise God. And uh, but I love the gospel, and I love the power, the power of Jesus Christ to change a life, the power of Jesus Christ to change a family line. And I believe that uh, God wants to speak to our hearts this morning. The book of Ruth only covers four chapters. It's a very small book. And there are four chapters and, uh, by way of heading. Um, to simplify things, there's the weeping chapter, the beginning. The next chapter, there's the working chapter. The next chapter is the waiting chapter. And the fourth chapter is the wedding chapter. I want to say, don't stop when you're going through those chapters. Come into everything God's got for you. And uh, one of the things that this society is afflicted with is uh, short-termism. Short-termism. God's the God of the long path. I had a dream. God speaks to me sometimes in dreams. And, and uh, you know, I used to think that that was really, and it is wonderfully spiritual, but it's probably because I'm unconscious and not talking. <laughs> but anyway, I had this dream. And in this dream, um, I was trying to do something and I was quite tired. And, and I was cleaning up a room and, and I wasn't, uh, wasn't my my uh, residence, uh, and, I, and so as I looked around, I saw this microwave on the floor with a, with a dead body, and it was like someone's face pressed up to the glass, like this. And in my dream, I'm thinking, boy, <laughs> that's not good. And I was thinking I could chuck it over the fence. I could, uh, <laughs> how could I dispose of this? And uh, the dream went on to a much different picture that was a great sort of encouragement but first of all I thought well is, Lord, is the Lord warning me that my cooking's so bad now <laughs> I really need to improve but as I prayed about it the Bible says this to be naturally minded is death and we have microwave attitudes to things God hasn't done it in three weeks he hasn't changed this he hasn't done that we want God to microwave things but he's the slow cooker because he doesn't want a near enough as good enough. Have a go, you never know. He wasn't an Aussie, thank God. She'll be right, mate. <laughs> Here's a pile of wood, just try and build a house. No, he, he's a God of the long path because he values you so much. You know, he doesn't just uh, like 
kick us out as a child saying, here, have a go, sink or swim. Oh, he's putting everything in place so that we can't help but succeed. Amen? And so I want to just go over um, just some key things and then I'll bring forth what I feel God is wanting to say to us today. So number, chapter one is all about a, a family and uh, many of you know this story very well, but it's a story of Naomi and Elimelech who um, in a time of famine, uh, they were uh, wondering what to do and Elimelech decides he'll take his family out of Bethlehem and go down to Moab. And uh, who knows that that's probably not going to work. He leaves the house of God and he goes down uh, to, to, to the Moabites, which was a very idolatrous, uh, very sinful um, community. And um, because, uh, you know, Elimelech wanted to, to set up a business there and make some money. And so, um, so Naomi and here there for 10 years. 10 is the number of testing. And in that 10 years, the two sons that they had, Malon and Chilion, married two Moabitess girls. And um, so uh, over the course of time, uh, neither of the girls have any children. And then both those sons, Malon and Chilion, die. And one name means pining and the other name means weak. And I want to say, when we leave the house of God, when we, when we um, ex- just try and live in the world, we don't realize how weak we're getting. We don't know how much we need the house of God. Amen? We don't know how much we need the sustaining power of Christ to come and worship and gather together as, uh, the Bible says, forsake not the gathering together as is the manner of some. So 10 years is up and now Naomi has been bereft of her two sons and, and she hears that God is visiting his people in Bethlehem and there's bread in Bethlehem, that the harvest is on. And I believe God is declaring today that the, that the bread of revival is being released in this house. This is going to be a house of bread. The people are going to come in here because of the aroma of fresh bread. You know how fresh bread that's baked is just like, oh, wonderful. Amen. And so people are going to just smell the, the bread of life here in such a fresh way. And so Naomi decides to come back to Bethlehem and the two, the two um, daughters-in-law come with her. And uh, the, as you know, um, the, um, the other uh, daughter, Orpah, comes somewhat the way. And uh, then she decides to go back. But there's one called Ruth. And, uh, and Naomi's saying, go back. She's actually not encourager, encouraging her. In fact, she probably thinks you're a bit of an embarrassment. Uh, you're you're, you're Moabites. It's like taking with you an ex-prostitute from Sydney that was married to your daughter, your son. So you go back. She said, even if I had another son, you couldn't wait around for, to marry him. Go back, go back. And so with hardly any encouragement, Ruth says no. And she prays this amazing, or she makes this great, amazing dedication. And she says, entreat me not to leave you. For where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you dwell, I'm going to dwell. And where you're buried, I'm going to be buried. And nothing but death is going to separate me from you. That was an incredible dedication. She didn't have a bed each way. She didn't have a foot in each camp. She said, that's it. I'm walking away from everything. And I am going to follow the God that you serve. And Naomi could tell that this was absolutely, uh, she couldn't be persuaded not to do that. And so they came back to Bethlehem and they did not have any Centrelink. They did not have any social security in those days. And in fact, women that did not have a husband to support them had no support. 
And so they actually were, were considered the very, very poor. So these two widows come back to Bethlehem. And so Ruth, who was young and could have probably married quickly, found another husband, she decides that she is going to totally devote her life to looking after Naomi. The Bible says that she goes out to glean in the fields. And what they would do in those days, that the gleaner, those that were harvesting, said that leave on the outskirts for the very, very poor to come and just get the leftovers, just to scavenge, as it were. And, uh, and that's going to be how the poor can survive. And so Ruth goes out and starts to glean in the field. And, uh, and she comes home and, and uh, Naomi said, where were you gleaning today? And she said, well, I, I happened to, uh, in my looking for a field to glean in, I happened to come upon a field that is owned by a man called Boaz. And Naomi said, um, there could be something in this. Stay in that field. Stay in that field. And, um, and we'll see what will happen. Now, sometimes we're looking for the will of God. We're looking for God's purpose for my life. What's the next step? I want to say, just do the next thing. Just keep serving. Just keep loving. Just keep obeying. Amen? Because you'll just almost like fall through a hole in the fence and there you are in the will of God. You're gonna stu- it's almost like you're going to stumble into it. You don't need to, uh, to stress over what's the will of God for my life. Just keep doing the next best thing, amen, the next step, the next part of the journey. I was uh, preaching in a church uh, just a month ago in, in um, uh, Brisbane, in a, a, an apostolic, well, it's not an apostolic, uh, it's got a, a new um, pastor and, and congregation, but, um, and I knew the congregation from years ago, um, a lovely couple there, but uh, as I... As I came to, to bring a word that morning, um, uh, just before I got up to speak, um, uh, the pastor said, oh, by the way, we, we, we're, we're live streaming through TBN this morning, and there are probably 15 million people that will be watching you. <laughs> Aren't you glad you prayed that morning? <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I wasn't at home going, uh, uh, and, and who knows, and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I have don't give it another thought if it ever happens again. I'm not at home confessing. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to have my own TV station. I'm going to raise $100,000 to get my own TV station. I tell you what, I'm a bit over a lot of the highfalutin stuff you hear. But if God wants you somewhere, speaking somewhere, you'll just stumble into it. And they said people are ringing up, they're getting healed. People are ringing up, they're getting set free. And uh, so I was, I was thrilled about that. You don't have to go, you don't have to strive to make it happen. You just stumble into it. You just take the next step, serving God. And so she's there. And, and so when Naomi said, this man Boaz, there's something in it. Because in their culture, and even way back, God put the seeds of redemption and the picture of the Savior in the, in the Old Testament. Because in their culture, because women had no support, if they didn't have a husband, if they didn't have someone that would support them, they would be, dev- they would be on the streets. And so the, they've set a rule in place that they're in the family, in the clan, there would be a, 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 a relative that was um, able to uh, come in and rescue that inheritance because women couldn't own property, women couldn't own land, and it was just um, sold off 
But if there was someone in the family that was re- related to the, those two men, Malon and Chilion, that person could step up and marry, marry the widow and have the right then to buy back all her property and she would get back uh, the inheritance that was meant to be hers if her husband was still alive. And so they were familiar with what's called the Redeemer kinsman. They were familiar, it's called a gaol in the Hebrew, and it means a relative that is wealthy and that has the responsibility to be a redeemer kinsman that could step in and marry that person that's a widow and actually now begin to buy back and redeem all of her inheritance, all her land, all her blessing, and for Naomi and everything Naomi had lost because she had lost everything when Limelech died too. So here is, she's gleaning in the field of a potential person that could make life a whole lot better. Turn to someone and tell them it's going to get a whole lot better. (laughs) Tell someone else it's going to get a whole lot better. (laughs) And so here she was and she's gleaning in the field. And um, and so uh, I know when I got saved, I got saved uh, many years ago. I was a single mom. My daughter was uh, almost three and um, or just just turned, no, almost three, and I was into drugs. I was, um, uh, you know, living the lifestyle, party lifestyle. Um, uh, I was, uh, had the, had the um, elasticity of youth where you think that life is just going to somehow turn out okay, that, uh, that things would just uh, miraculously fall into place. I didn't know the Lord, and I had been in a, a, um, a religious situation, um, and so I had a, an uh, an awareness of God, but no idea he would be personal to me. And when someone told me about Jesus, you know, um, if it wasn't, if it was only for my daughter's future, then I would say that's enough. Her first birthday party was a, a dope party. Everybody was stoned. She was one year old. If you saw me back then, you would be cringing, the cringe factor, that you would even think, wonder what will happen to that little girl with a mother like that. But when someone told me about Jesus, that he was real, that he would come into my life, that he would set me free, that he had a plan for my life, I thank God that I had been down enough, that I had enough of the world kicking me in the gut, so to speak, that I knew there was nothing, there was nothing good back there. And so I knelt by my little girl's bed and I said, Jesus, if you love me and if you're in my life, if you help me raise this child so she doesn't turn out like I did, so she doesn't hitchhike at 2 o'clock in the morning, so she doesn't get a heart broken over and over again, I'll serve you all the days of my life. And I meant it. It wasn't a, oh, I'll just see how this works out. I meant it. I threw my lot in with God. And I thank God because he's been faithful. And I want to say this today. He's been faithful over the years. And as I get together at Christmas time and, and I see not just my daughter, but uh, now her, her two daughters, and I see um, my grandchildren and I look and I say, you have been so faithful that following God has been the best thing I ever decided to do. Following Jesus has brought me to this place of incredible gratitude. Amen. But I want to say this, it doesn't happen overnight. And so she's scavenging. She's gleaning in the field. She's, she's just uh, picking up the leftovers. It'd be like fruit picking all day, working hard, coming home and being a carer. She was a carer and a fruit picker. And she could have said, well, 
God, I'm believing in you. I, I, I said, your God will be my God. And, and now I'm, I'm out, out here working hard and nothing seems to be happening. And, and what happens is uh, that Boaz comes up to her in the field where she's gleaning. And he, he begins to talk to her. And he says, daughter, a full recompense, a full reward is going to be coming to you from the Lord under whose wings you shelter. Stay in my field. Come and drink from the water that we have. Come and feed when I'm, my workers are being fed. And I'm going to protect you, he said. And so um, he, is, he actually says to the um, reapers, where you see Ruth gleaning, start to drop handfuls, start to drop bundles of wheat on purpose. And that's how God leads us. He starts to drop blessings in front of you. I remember the first thing I ever prayed for was a tape recorder, a CD. I thought I was believing for something impossible. And my friend who got saved too, she said, that's really um, materialistic of you. (laughs) But God wants you to believe for the best and blessed houses, the best cars, the best, you know, but you start somewhere. Amen. And so um, dropping handfuls of blessings in front of you and just realizing he's a good father. And through that time, it, she, she, she just stayed close. In fact, um, Boaz said this to her, Ruth, stay close to my young maidens and I will make sure that none of the, none of the guys try to come and hit on you and you'll be protected. Now, she was a Moabitess, and she goes home to Naomi. And Naomi said, how did you go today? And she said, well, Ruth uh, Boaz said this and that. And he said, um, I could come and eat at his table, and I could only glean in that field. And he's leaving all this extra for me. And he said, I'm to hang out with the young men. Read it. It's in your Bible. I'm to stick up close to the young men. Naomi picks up on that. And she says, Ruth, it is good, my daughter, that you stay in the field of Boaz but that you stay close to the young maidens. She's going, read my lips, lovey. (laughs) God's dealing with some things in your life. And you know why there's a process? Because there's things that God wants to um, deliver us from, amen? Old identities. And when you've come from a background where your only worth is is in the area of, of, of attracting a mate, you've got to learn that you're valuable as a person, not because someone, you know, uh, you know, just just sees a fleeting uh, relationship with you. God has to heal all that, and He has to deliver you, and that takes time. So she journeyed all the summer long. She worked hard. I want to say it's going to get a whole lot better. Maybe you're working in a situation where you think this is. Uh, you know, I I uh, I remember when um, going through a time in my life where where uh, you know it, it, there were bills and I was struggling. And I, I got a, had a job working in, an, uh, in a nursing home in the kitchen, and it started at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I remember being there peeling the potatoes, saying, Lord, this, this doesn't look like abundant life to me, does it to you? <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> it really doesn't feel like abundant life. <laughs> Hold on, it's going to get a whole lot better, amen? And it's faith. That's not tested, is not worth much. And who knows, it's easy to believe God when there's money in the bank and everybody's speaking well of you and the car's going well and the kids are great. It's not hard to believe. It's not hard to stand in faith. But we sang some amazing songs this morning that when you go through the valley, when you face the challenges, to believe that he is going to bring you into a new, into a new place. Amen? And so don't stop in the working chapter. The Bible says... After that time, Naomi looks at the situation and sees that Ruth has 
pretty much fallen in love with Boaz. And uh, so he said, she said, um, we need to move this along because he's actually a redeemer kinsman. He has the power to make life a whole lot better for you and me. He can redeem us. He can redeem the property. He can be a redeemer kinsman. And so she said this, anoint yourself, put on your best clothes because he's down on the threshing floor. The men would sleep there to guard the harvest. He's down there sleeping on the threshing floor. Go down, uh, find where he is sleeping and uncover his feet and lie down and then wait to see what he will tell you to do. So she was brave. She was risk. It was a risky thing for a, a, a single woman to go down to the threshing floor where just the men are. And she did that. Anoint yourself. Put on your best clothes. We give God our best. Amen. And she uncovered his feet and she laid down there at, the, at his feet. And he wakes up startled. And he said, who are you? And she said, I'm Ruth, your maidservant. Please spread, spread your, the border of your mantle over me, for you are a redeemer kinsman. She was actually saying, will you marry me? Will you marry me? And he actually was obviously, I think, in love with her, but he was an older man. So he said, daughter, this last act of loving kindness, that you would go after me when you could have had many young men, rich or poor, that you desired me. God loves it when we run after him, amen? When we, when we pursue him. And he said, um, I will fully uh, uh, perform the redeemer kinsman role in your life, but there is another kinsman that's nearer, and I have to um, uh, I have to go by the rules, and I have to uh, deal with that. And he said, "Lay down, and in more in the early morning, um, go go home." And he gave her all this wheat, and she laid down. And when morning came, she went home. Now I don't think she laid down. And went, I believe she laid down going, he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. My life is going to get a whole lot better. I'm going to be with Boaz. I don't think Boaz laid back and went, I believe he thought, my, this beautiful, this beautiful woman's coming to my life. I can't believe that she just wanted me. I believe he would have been awake all night. And the next day, she goes home to Naomi, and Naomi says, uh, she tells him everything, uh, tells Naomi everything that happened, and all the wheat, she showed her all the wheat that Boaz had given her. And then um, she said, now you can sit, because he will not rest until he has fully accomplished what he purposes to do in your life. You see, it's a picture of our Redeemer kinsman. And so the Bible says that he goes to the city gates, and he calls to the men, I'm going to pick it up here in Ruth chapter 4. He calls to 10 men, which is a quorum, which is a, a, the number you need for a governmental sitting. He's about to change the law on behalf of Ruth. And it was all done for you at the cross. It was legally paid for. It was all done for you at the cross. And he called these 10 men together. And the Bible says... Um, and the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken, because if a woman's uh, husband, brother is available, he's the nearest king, he's not available, and the uncle, and then if there's someone, and then eventually the nearest kinsman gets the first opportunity to marry that woman and redeem all of her property that should have come with her first husband. So there was someone closer in relation to Ruth. And so he calls this man and he says, the close relative of whom Boaz spoke, 
come aside, friend. So he came aside and sat down. And the ten men were there to listen. And he says to the, to the man, um, the property of Naomi um, and her uh, daughter-in-law Ruth has come up uh, for grabs. It was sold. And um, you have the opportunity to buy it back. Um, and you have an opportunity to access all this vast inheritance because you're the nearest kinsman. And he says, yep, I'll have it. I'll have it. And then, and then Boaz says, um, hang on a minute. In the day that you take up the offer of the inheritance and the land, you must marry Ruth the Moabitess. And you must raise up godly seed so that their line can continue. And he looks at Ruth and he says this, I cannot redeem it lest I endanger my own standing. He said, she's a bad investment. I don't want her, I don't want her in my lineage. And he said, uh, no, nah, not worth it. And he took off his shoe. Someone got a shoe that easily takes off, that slips off. Oh, great, here we go. <laughs> Thank you. I've got boots. And <laughs> gone, oh, no. <laughs> so he takes off his shoe, which in that culture, like Aussies have a handshake, they take off their shoe and say, I give up every right to walk on that land, to lay any claim, to walk in any way accessing this inheritance. And by testifying with a shoe, I say, I give it up. And basically in front of everybody, and I'm sure Ruth may have been in the, in the um, outer circle listening, and he said, not worth it. Bad investment. You marry her. I don't want to. I don't want to say this. It doesn't matter what things in life made you feel unworthy. It doesn't matter who said you're not good enough. It doesn't matter what situation at work they overlooked you. It doesn't matter who, who in a situation made you feel on the outer, on the outside looking in, in the, just window shopping. It's a lie from the pit of hell because it was a strategy that, uh, that Boaz was hoping would happen. And he picked up that shoe and he said, I want to testify today that I choose Ruth, that I want to marry Ruth, that this is the heart I stand with. This is the bride I died on the cross for. Amen? And he said, I choose Ruth. And that day, all the prophetic words started to be released over Ruth's life. May you be famous in Bethlehem. May you uh, make God's name famous in Ephrata. May you be like the, the, the children, Perez, and, and the house of uh, uh, Judah's lineage. And that day, she became positioned to be part of the lineage of Jesus Christ in the earth. That a, a Moabitess, you see, it's not the book of Naomi. It's not the book of Boaz. It's the book of Ruth. And she became, uh, as she married Boaz, the mother of Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. And David is the lineage of Christ. And she and Boaz, Boaz became part of the lineage of Christ in the earth. Um, what I want to show you, I was going to throw it to you, but I won't. <laughs> what I want to show you, first of all, two things. Um, the near kinsman, you don't know his name. And if you look it up in the Hebrew, it says this, so-and-so. What should we call it? Thing they've got. Didn't even bother to put his name in here. That's what God thought of him. Oh, so-and-so. What should we call it? And you see, he had this idea that it, I want it all about me. I'm not interested in lineage in the earth. It's got to all happen for me. And I want to protect my, my uh, seed and all that my lineage, and you see Boaz 
had a heart for the, uh, the generations. You see, I'm living for my granddaughter's children that I'll never hold. Uh, I'll never see, because, because of age, um, my, great, my grandson's children married. But I'm, I'm living to influence them today. I'm living that the impact on my, on my family line won't be, oh, yeah, we had a granny back then. She went to church now and then. She prayed now and then. But she was a bit of a misery guts. She was always fighting with people in the church. I wouldn't go to church. No, I want them to have a picture of me on the wall with a bun. We want to tell you about Granny Faye. Granny Faye always was telling us to love Jesus, always praying, always singing. Amen. We want an inheritance in the earth. I don't care who made you feel unworthy. You're a big deal to God. You're a big deal in the kingdom. You're a big deal in what God wants to do in your life. And I want to give you another description as we wind up. But um, the first chapter was devastation. And whatever you're coming out of, God's got a plan for your life. She went from devastation to preparation. There is a preparational price tag for us to come into all God's got for us. Amen? For preparation to separation. And I want to say this, the decisions you make on a daily basis, how you behave, what you're going to do. You see, David, uh, Adam didn't know he was a big deal. He didn't know that little decision to take the fruit with his wife would affect the entire human race. He didn't know that that decision that day would wreck everything. I want to say the decisions we make are huge. And you're a big deal to God. And he's got a great plan for your life. They went from separation. She went from separation to consecration. And there are times in your life where you rededicate your life and say, Jesus, it's all about you. It's still all about you, though the things have been coming against me. And then she went from consecration to celebration. God's going to open the door to that harvest that you've only gleaned in the edges of. You'll stand with the, the one who owns it. It's your future and your destiny God's got in hand. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.